0: Welcome to For the Record, our bi weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9 30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Jenny Lewis called On the Line, and it starts with a song called Head's Gonna Roll. Since
1: I haven't
0: talked to you, I dream about you, baby
1: blue. Wonder why you stop getting high even though
0: Benny Lewis, of course, was the most important part of Rilo Kylie, which was a very influential band when we were all much younger. And this is her fourth solo album. And she's had an amazing career. She started out as a child actress and was pretty successful and then decided to dump it all and went into music. And now she's had a successful music career.
2: Yeah. And then meanwhile, I came in not really having been into Rilo Kylie. And this is the first of her albums I've really sat down and tried to listen to thoroughly and repeatedly and dive in and i now feel some compulsion to go back because you can hear she has a a lovely voice and B, uh, I think just a gift for melody and narrative that is just so inviting here and i think it's a great way to start the album telling a story without with just enough details to, you know, I think we didn't hear it there, but she talks about a, a narcoleptic poet that she drew, took, went on a road trip and uh, different types of romantic, but also kind of creepy stuff that's gone on. And I, I don't know the details and how much of it is really happened to her and how much of it is invented, but it's, it really paints a portrait of someone who is, has a, a self-awareness and a sense of humor that is as said, inviting and I want to listen to the rest of the album, for sure.
0: Yeah, her lyrics have always been wise beyond their years and with a specificity that makes them really appealing, like she's a great storyteller. And there's a way that she looks at the world, which is sort of cynical, but also really optimistic and recognizing that life is short and you have to do what you can to get by, but also enjoy it along the way. And I think she has a unique perspective Based on all she's gone through.
2: Yeah, well, she's yeah, she's in her 40s now, so definitely a grown-up. And yeah, that uh, awareness of the impending doom will we'll all be skulls. Mm-hmm. But again, that sense of humor about it, it's not dour. And I think there's this reversal where it's like, oh, you think you're going to heaven and you think I'm going to hell. But then by the end, it's like, no, you're going to hell. I'm going to heaven and... I'm going to have a good time before I do and it's 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 up up uplifting in the end.
0: There's a lot of punniness and word wordplay throughout this record and I like that the title is, you know, usually heads heads are going to roll is kind of like a like someone's going to be really upset and angry and instead she takes it in a way that I think of it makes me think of the frightened rabbit song head rolls off where it's just kind of like saying heads going to roll like we're all going to disintegrate into skeletons and our skulls will roll off that's just the way it goes
2: yeah and there's just a, a wonderful uh, warmth to the musicality and a timelessness to the music here and I think the f- one of a number of collaborators uh you know I think the in the choruses here there are these certain kind of string bits and piano bits that are, um, like feel like oh this feels kind of like old Beatles songs mm-hmm. oh and it turns out Ringo Starr drummed on this track so she has uh famous friends and collaborators and it just gives it such a punchiness
0: yeah this this level of hi-fi production it gives it kind of a they don't make them like they used to sort of feel this is very 70s big star production that i feel like isn't in style anymore but she does a great job with it
2: yeah and the the polish is there i think throughout the album but a variety of different sounds a variety of different tones and I think going into some pretty dark places but with a sense of humor. And I think we'll hear that on this next track. It's called Wasted Youth.
1: Why are you lying? The bourbon.
0: Such an upbeat, light song that's assumedly about her mom's heroin addiction, which she's talked about in interviews. And, you know, we mentioned that she was a child actress and she learned pretty early on that her mom was using her pretty lucrative acting career to buy drugs and then ended up selling them. And so they became estranged for a long time. And she's only started talking about this recently, but learning this makes it interesting to look back on other Rilo Kylie songs, like A Better Son or Daughter, which was from 2002 with the lyrics, your mother's still calling you insane and high, swearing it's different this time.
2: Yeah, it's such a great contrast. I mean, it's a kind of, I'm a sucker for that, but I do like that it's so anti-judgmental mm-hmm. and there's an awareness too there's this spectrum she talks about like oh you know i have my bong and i like my bourbon and then her mom's like yeah and i like a poppy mm-hmm. and uh, there's a certain amount of there's no black and white it's all shades of gray and
0: and we're all doing things to distract ourselves from feelings that upset us like playing candy crush which yeah. i love is name checked in the song
2: oh well, it's there are a lot of different addictions out there and you know that the that song sort of touches on that and stares it in the face and she says, well being young only matters to the extent that you do something with it And so I think it is fundamentally kind of uplifting uh, you know and, and it is I thought that anytime you have this sort of album and it's just like oh yeah this 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 the album I wrote after my mom died after being a heroin addict all her life and how much that can kind of overshadow or threatened to overshadow with just this kind of backstory. And I'm tend to be someone who doesn't even pay attention to that. I just want to hear the album. And it was hard to avoid that. And even seeing the album cover where I've saw it and it's, of, you know, Sort of revealing with a lot of cleavage Shot of her torso But it's shot from the exact same angle As her previous album from five years ago The Voyager where it's more of this kind of Dreamy hippie jacket mm-hmm. And I thought oh it's supposed to be Like a sequel to that album and then an in interview Was like well no this is the sort of dress my mom would wear When she was a performer in Las Vegas and oh she also had a mole between her breasts yeah her and,
0: parents were lounge singers
2: yeah it's this amazing and her backstory is amazing and and again that's the danger it's like how is this crazy life how can you just focus on the music except then i just listen to it and it's this fantastic song and uh, the float, the, float instrument,
0: the instrumentation is so rich, too. Like, I couldn't even really pick out all of the instruments. You looked at the credits, but I wasn't even sure what was all included in there. There was, like, some kind of, a, almost sounded like a harpsichord, and I don't know if it was a synth or not. Yeah, and just and the these, these
2: lush string sections, sometimes plucked, sometimes bowed, and always beautiful, and she's not afraid of even like that little cheesy moment where she's like oh no and all the instruments sort of drop out yeah and it's, everything's kind of in unison it's it's silly but it again it brings that lightness in and that sense of humor to take away from like yeah my mom's dying of heroin addiction here uh
0: and also like the talk about the lightness i like how she mixes the kind of retro sound with the these modern references like Candy Crush or I'm trying to think of other ones but the next song that we'll play is called Red Bull and Hennessy and that's obviously a modern reference so we'll play that now
1: what's the matter
2: song was uh, I think the single from the album and it has just so much energy and this kind of very 80s rock vibe but with her amazing country tinged voice and it has that sort of superficially woo let's party Mm -hmm. and then with that undertone of kind of desperation to it. I'm partying, if I just party hard enough, maybe you'll love me, let's just, if we can just kind of force ourselves to be there, but yet with the sense of like, no, we can't go back, no matter how much you just get both drunk and wired up on Red Bull. And that just sounds like such a gross drink.
0: And there's that great, really reverby guitar with that very low tone. And it makes me think of the Nico Case guitars on some of her earlier records that are just that warm, 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 really warm round sound.
2: And it has an amazing sound, although this is, I talked about all the different backstory and subtext. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is one of the tracks where not only does Ringo Starr come back to play some drums, but also Ryan Adams is both a producer and I think played guitar on this song. And there's a really extended guitar solo at the end, which sounds great but now it's super problematic Mm -hmm. and it sucks for Jenny Lewis that she is forced to answer questions about this when she just wants to talk about the music.
0: Yeah, and she said that he was in the studio for like the first five days and then disappeared and wasn't answering calls or texts and she just finished the album herself. And she has kind of disavowed her relationship with him, but she's like, well, I can't erase the past. He participated in the making of this album.
2: Yeah, so again, subtext is very – and backstory, but then if you just listen to the music – It's really good music, and you can appreciate the talent that went into it.
0: And it says something about her that she collaborated with. Beck did a lot of the production. Don was Ringo Starr, the drummer from Bob Dylan's band, and that she is able to work with all these people and have the confidence to feel like her songs are worth that kind of attention.
2: Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah, to be in a room full of legends and being a no, I'm the star here. This is my album, and it really comes through in that personal feeling even <laughs> what's kind of the party song is still this very dark very personal take
0: and i think the next song that we'll play is also sounds like sort of a party song but it really isn't and it's called do do oh. not only piano but organ played by beck and synth and i looking at the credits i noticed that the guitarist is jason faulkner who is a member of jellyfish one of my favorite albums in the 1990s that's totally underrated called belly button um that was a great album anyway
2: well yeah i'm glad she's going to not just the people you know as legends but the people who maybe need to be better recognized oh
0: no i mean i think he's well known as a guitarist <laughs> but that particular band was not well recognized yeah
2: well, you're spreading the word, and appreciate it. Yeah, this song, I, I appreciated your take on it as oh, it sounds like a party record because yeah, it's just like turn up the stereo, get in the saddle, and the the dosey doe, which is sort of funny because I you know oh, it's not square dancing, but it's this, like it's a very synth heavy section, and it just feels kind of dreamy and happy, and then you know it gets real dark real fast about people being kind of overwhelmed and becoming suicidal and maybe you should get on back on your Paxil.
0: But I think it's ultimately about just the dance of life and you know that's a bit of a cliche but I think she does it well here. It's a good time to mention that her voice is so interesting to me. It's kind of a weird voice and she pushes it a lot to the point where it's like not quite perfect but it's very it has great character.
2: Yeah, and it's. I think she pushes it in different directions. So it has kind of this country rock vibe in some, and then this very dreamy quality here, and this being a little more philosophical about how do you this stance of life, and do you go through it just crank up your stereo, or do you? I mean, you do that, yes, but also make sure you keep on things and. Yeah, don't I, let it I get do love that
0: that line. Crank up, turn up the stereo till everything rattles.
2: Yeah, but one thing i really find so charming about this musically is that they have these verses that just sort of fade into that do-si-do dreamy pre-chorus without you even really noticing you kind of just and that kind of wash and that there's this verse that barely even gets started and then immediately goes back in the dreamy which has just the great lyrics of you ain't no pharaoh flow, get back on your paxel, yo That's <laughs> just like yeah you just get take care of stuff and that sense of yeah you that balancing of the the party the rock and sex drugs and rock and roll with being an adult who has to take care of stuff and seeing the darkness out there it's a beautiful but weird and wonderful so the next song we'll play i think it gets into some of the other narrative thread of the album it's called dogwood
0: out there really demonstrates what i was saying before about she can really change her voice to have this really full powerful sound but then at the end almost like a baby kitten voice she can make it really small and cute
2: yeah except then when she this song when she gets cute and then she's like there's nothing we can do but screw and booze and amphetamines and it's Mm -hmm. just really dark and leads into the other, you know, I talked about how much backstory there was. It's not just her mom dying, it's also the breakup of a long term relationship with Jonathan Rice. And I read at least a profile which seemed strongly suggest this is very closely based on sort of the end days of trying to make it work and getting together in a house to like oh if we just rekindle our romance and it just kind of goes off the rails <laughs> instead.
0: By the way the whole time when I tried to look up Jonathan Rice's music and I was like I don't recognize this song and I realized the whole time I thought he was Damien Rice who is a different singer songwriter. A different
2: yeah and it is hard to imagine something as devastating though as you, you thought I was your muse but all along it was you. That's such a great line. It's just twisting the knife. And yet, also saying goodbye. We weren't right together. And again, this is a, a mature woman with intense emotions, but she's able to channel them in mostly mostly productive ways.
0: Yeah, and there's another line that's something like, you know, I knew that someday you'd push me away to prove that love was not enough for you. And that's just so insightful. And it's the kind of That you only think about if you have had a lot of life experience.
2: Yeah. It is tough though, because, yeah, we're thinking about all this backstory and what was her relationship like. And yet, just musically, this is so impressive to me because it is a kind of standard verse, pre chorus, chorus kind of structure, except then musically, the emphasis is totally out of whack. Where coming into the second verse, it gets more loud from the chorus. And then we come in on a pre chorus, which is super quiet. And then it builds up again, and then we hear that section where the you, know, you thought I was your muse, and the drums just get blasted out. And I almost just imagine this fury that becomes too much for the recording equipment to contain, and it's beautiful and a little scary. It's yeah. kind of great
0: yeah great musicianship here and this is Don, Don was on bass and this does have Ryan Adams on the guitar and there's a is this the one that has Mellotron in it yeah, yeah. well
2: yeah it has all, like it gets kind of this like lounge singery almost with when it's all quiet and like, you think back to her mom performing in Vegas and
0: she's playing the piano uh, yeah and
2: then so yeah you, so you just imagine her solo on stage for those sections and then this other bit where they're backing vocals and the Mellotron and almost has kind of this gospel vibe where mm-hmm. like I believe I believe yeah. and it's that With,
0: it, I assume, and she's doing her own backing yeah, vocals too. But it's
2: a real roller coaster, yeah. Just musically and emotionally,
0: yeah. It's the drama and stagecraft. It almost feels like this could be the soundtrack to a musical. Is really great.
2: Yeah, and we take another musical left turn and continue to explore some dark, dark stuff in the next track. It's called "Little White Dove."
1: Was it a dream? in the valley below A mother and child Emergency Behind a yellow curtain On the second floor All the guardian angels At the door With the long white cold
0: is about after she was estranged from her mother for a long time she reconnected because her mom was dying of cancer and so this is kind of like at the end of her life and it's, it's I like the fact that she could have made it kind of a morose song but she made it very funky and upbeat and that just makes it so much more appealing
2: yeah that she finds a way not to wallow that this is so sorrowful and she doesn't shy away from it. You know, this, like, I'm the heroine. She says to her mom, who is dying of liver cancer after abusing yeah, her brother. Yeah, I love the,
0: we talked about the word play and like the double meaning of heroin in the chorus is great.
2: Yeah. And that she was there for her mom in so many ways. Uh, and the vivid story, like, just she, she paints a portrait and it's just like the guardian angels in their long coats and stethoscopes and that they aren't. There's no hope for her mom, but the doctors are there to. They're there to witness as she moves on. It's really it's sad and vivid and kind of funny and, not self indulgent and that it's the real sense of someone moving, past tragedy and growing from the tragedy. And I think she's in interviews talked about yeah that like writing this song was part of how she got through it herself. Like I'm going through this really tough time, but I'm imagining this funky baseline and Mm -hmm. like finding inspiration and that creating art is that is therapy for her
0: yeah and if there were any way to describe an overarching theme of this record it's having complicated feelings and all these songs are about the messiness of life and how things often aren't cut and dry and the lyrics are often communicating something that feels different from the tone or the melody or the instrumentation and I like that it's a disconnect but also it's connected in a great way of saying like yeah we're all a bundle of all these different things all the time
2: yeah she yeah there's this love and loss it's a mom dying album and a breakup album but I think she's also said it's a breakup album and a rebound album because there's a lot of stuff about like I'm still enjoying life I'm still getting out there and partying maybe more than someone who's 43 should but you You know, you have to get through your life and find happiness. And, uh, you know, I think one of the lines we didn't play in another song was maybe a little hooking up is good for the soul. That like that notion of wisdom, but also embracing your baser nature is another way to find that. And just the high and the low and the sweetness and the darkness all have to exist together. And, you know, contradictions are what make us human. Yeah, And so... Uh, we're coming into the end of the album, and so just as we, ha- she says goodbye to her mother, and then she- the next song, and in fact, the title track, which we'll play to go out, is where...
0: It's the penultimate track. And it is the penultimate track. It's very <laughs>
2: exciting. But it's where she's finally getting past the darkness and the struggle and really just saying, okay, I'm saying goodbye to you. You have some groupie that you decided you wanted to hook up with, and okay, like you find your happiness and I'll find my happiness.
0: And I think the title of the record as well as the title of the song highlights the nature of how she communicates as an artist on the line. It's like you're putting yourself out there. And even if that person is not, even if the relationship's not working, you're still being clear about your emotions and being open and not just closing yourself off and running away and I think that might be kind of like the secondary point that she's communicating with this album.
2: Yeah, and she's very much, you know, I think that the what returns to kind of as a refrain and I think maybe it's for the entire album. is like, listen to my heart beating. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I am, I'm human, I have feelings. And whether you're talking to a parent or a lover or your audience or the world and her openness and honesty is just so refreshing and all told with just this sweet, rich, interesting voice. And yeah, I, I, I was a little skeptical when this album came out I'm like, am I gonna wanna listen to it a bunch of times? And I was glad I did, cause it, yeah, there's there's mo- there was more here than I expected and I think it's well worth diving in.
0: So we'll go out with that penultimate track called On The Line and we've been discussing Jenny Lewis's record of the same name you've been listening to For The Record. Thanks for listening
1: is to be Bobby